Welcome to Budo, the Way of the Warrior podcast. This podcast is a collection of historical and philosophical references, contemplations, lectures, and exchanges with David M. Valadez, his students, and guests. Podcasts are recorded on the mat at the Ascension Center in Southern California and in studio. These podcasts are provided to cultivate the warrior on the way and to add light to their path. All right. Um, this podcast episode is a request from somebody that follows us on Patreon. So for those of you that have uh, are following us and not on Patreon, um, it would be pretty cool if you start giving back to some of these efforts rather than just taking and taking. Um, and one of the things you can do is uh, go ahead and request topics, questions that you might have that we can cover in these podcast episodes. Uh, for you, Deshi, that are here, I think people's questions in general are our questions. So I don't see that we're interrupting our own training in order to address um, somebody else's questions not in the dojo and this is a huge one and it's kind of assumed in our curriculum and as an assumed part of our culture you likely are unaware of it and in that kind of unawareness you likely don't really understand how it functions or how it's meant to function so addressing someone's question from outside our culture can help you gain insight into how our culture is actually designed to function okay and this question is on cross training so their question is should you cross train so again you probably have no concept or some of you might but some of you might not um what does that mean is that like crossfit uh, no, no, it's not CrossFit, okay? So uh, cross-training is, let's say, you're, you're doing something called Aikido, which you guys are, um, but you're also practicing other martial arts, okay? So you're going you're gonna to do Aikido, your Aikido, and you're going to do Karate, or you're going to do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, etc., or boxing, or Muay Thai, okay? Um, I think why that question might seem odd to you here in our dojo is related to why it would be raised by someone outside our dojo. Um, why is it odd to us is because the Aikido that you know um, it doesn't seem so bound to a particular uh, style or to a particular set of techniques um, or some sort of doctrine by which you say this is uh, Aikido and that is not Aikido, okay? Um, and this is coupled with our cultural orientation in that our ultimate aim is not to learn Aikido, but to transcend Aikido. And that makes it even, uh, in a way, a, an even sillier question um, 
should you cross train because you're trying to transcend the art and so you don't have an inside the art and an outside the art and so there's really nothing to cross train in other words okay but I think you can still understand what this person is saying. So in, in order for you guys to understand, and in order for the listeners to understand my answer, um, I will give you some history of what is going on here. Okay? Uh, most people in the Aikido world uh, have adopted a curriculum that is itself a reduction of another curriculum that was probably itself another reduction, okay? Uh, meaning, for example, and just generally speaking, you would have the governing body of the art. And uh, for all intents and purposes, we can say that's the Aikikai. And this is the main lineage from the founder, or sensei, through his son, to his grandson, and to his great-grandson now. And this organization has uh, supported, uh, reified, uh, utilized a particular set of techniques. And in doing that, they no longer uh, utilize, reify, uh, a whole bunch of techniques, okay? So I would say a mistake that most people do that our culture does not do, it, there's two of them. The first mistake is that most people are not after a transcendence of Aikido, even though the founder was clearly into that. Uh, and then the second mistake is to treat that decided-upon curriculum as anything other than an arbitrary delineation. So somehow they make it more than an arbitrary delineation whereby you can actually define what is Aikido and what is not Aikido. So you would have a series of techniques, Ikkyo, Nikkyo, Sankyo, Yonkyo, etc. And then uh, if you have something, some technique not in that arbitrarily decided upon curriculum, most Aikido people would say, that is not Aikido, okay? And this is kind of uh, foolish in my opinion because it's treating the arbitrary as if it's not arbitrary, and then it's clearly a deviation from the founder. And if we want to identify the art, whatever that definition would ultimately entail, it cannot exclude the founder's practice, do you see? So if the founder is saying you're supposed to transcend the art and the techniques are infinite in nature, you can't go, I define the art by this arbitrary decided upon limited reduction of this curriculum. That doesn't make sense, okay? And so you are, um, you are being reared in that understanding here, okay? So we do things... Um, that someone would either look at as saying that is not Aikido, like we do in our Newaza training or we do our uh, striking training or what have you. Um, and other people will look at that and say that's cross-training, do you see? So, but 
from our point of view, those two positions, that is not Aikido or that's cross training. It's both are incorrect because the art is to be transcended and we will not reify a political fiction this arbitrarily decided upon curriculum that says this is Aikido, these techniques only are Aikido, and these techniques are not Aikido, okay? Well, we're not out of the description business or the description problem uh, just because we go, the art is not defined by this set of techniques, okay? And so we do have to understand what is Aikido and what is not Aikido. And that goes into um, why we do what we do. So not just the above mentioned, but this also, okay? We understand the art conceptually. Um, and we have three markers of the art. So the first one is that it is a practice in the mystical state or in transcendence or the cessation of the ego tripartite and the opening and functioning of the second mind aspect. We've, we've said it many, many ways, okay? That's the first marker. The second marker is a cons it's concentric with the first, and that is that you have to do the internal aspects, okay? Uh, this is Kokyu and Aiki, and you cannot do the internal aspects outside of the second mind aspect. That's why it is concentric, okay? You, you will not achieve Aiki, and I don't mean Aiki in the way that most of the world now understands Aiki. So most of the world understands Aiki twofold. It's either sound body mechanics... Um, or it's something that is beyond their ability to describe. Uh, this is not, these are both incorrect, okay? Uh, Aiki is a communion of yin and yang energy, um, and its marker is this kind of adhesion that takes place between the uke and the nage, okay? But you can't enter into that true reconciliation of yin and yang from the ego tripartite. It can only be done from the second mind aspect. And that's why we say that these two elements are concentric to each other. And then the third marker of the art is itself the transcendence of the art. So takamusu aiki. And again, uh, you cannot transcend the art but from the mystical state or from the cessation of the ego tripartite. So these three artistic identifying elements are concentric to each other, but ultimately they're the same thing, the cessation of the ego tripartite. Um, in this, to me, this defines Aikido as a type of jujitsu. But as a type of jujitsu, it has to be consistent with other jujitsu principles, principles common to all forms of jiu-jitsu. And those two are, one, the strategy of non-contestation, and two, as already mentioned, the reconciliation of yin and yang. What Aikido has done is that it's taken non-contestation and turned it up to 11, so to speak. So uh, the ultimate non-contestation is the cessation of the ego tripartite. See? And the ultimate reconciliation of yin and yang is also the cessation of the ego tripartite. Okay? So all jiu-jitsu will do 
non-contestation. They will all do yin yang theory, but Aikido has taken them to this other level. So Aikido is kind of like that. It does have non-contestation. It does have yin yang theory, but it took it to another level. What is that level? That is important. Um, uh, well, I described what it is in terms of its aspects, but across the board, I don't think that Aikido um, is the only art that is trying to do that. Even though to understand Aikido, you have to have that in there, okay? There are other arts, even non-Japanese arts, non-Jujitsu arts, that understand the superiority, the, the tactical superiority of non-contestation and of not meeting force with force and yielding against oncoming energies, you see yin-yang theory, without calling it yin-yang. And there are practitioners in these other arts that have taken non-contestation and yin-yang reconciliation, though they don't use that term, and they have brought it to an equally uh, internal level as Aikido has, okay? And in that sense, you could have a boxer, for example, that has figured out uh, without knowing why or how or even shooting for it, uh, how to ground vector uh, and, and, and how to project through the ground, you see, how to internalize energy. Uh, you can have athletes uh, who can get in the zone. Do you see that? And um, they're not trained how to do that. They just do their sport and in their desire to win, to overcome another human being, they have learned the benefit of getting in the zone as it's called there. Do you see? This opens the door then that I can train in techniques and in arts not associated with that arbitrarily decided upon curriculum and do so in a way that I'm actually still doing Aikido because I'm still meeting the three defining elements, okay? So for example, um, today we were working on some guard passes and the arm bar um, when somebody's defending the mount, okay? Um, and when you first learn the techniques, it looks like they're just these kind of architectural things going on, right? Uh, do this step, then that step, then that step, okay? But as we saw, uh, they, were, they were way more effective if the person tries to counter your advancement. So uh, on the homolateral uh, knee, pin, the time to do the back step is not when you pin them and they can't move, but when they force themselves out of the technique, that's what makes the back step viable and gets you out of any half guard, do you see? Or when it comes time to sink the arm bar, uh, rather than doing it on a stationary guy who cannot move, it is much more effective when the guy is trying to defend the back mount and he's trying to go uh, into a supine position, face up. And when he does that, that's what opens up the arm bar, do you see? Well, that is just non-contestation, do you see? Um, same thing goes when it comes to striking, 
Okay? I can do uh, hip rotation and shoulder strength. You see that? You can hit people like that. There, that is undoubtedly a force engine. Okay? But there's another force engine which Aikido uses, and that is that I can use the resistance of your mass, the target, uh, to bounce back off of the ground and add to the hip rotation and the shoulder strength. And that is a whole other level of punch. And it feels different, and it does different things, do you see? Um, in essence, when a boxer does that, you'll see the announcers will go, he punches above his weight class. And that is an attempt to describe what they're seeing, but they don't know why they're seeing it. Do you get it? But if you pay attention, and you can identify the ground vectoring elements that this person is using, okay? So we do... from an outside perspective, cross-train. But from our perspective, every single one of those cross-training elements, I'm doing air quotes here, every one of those things that is not inside that arbitrarily decided upon curriculum, it is done in a way that is consistent with the art as it is uh, appropriately uh, defined. Do you see? Not by technique, not by, is it ikkyo, nikkyo, sankyo? Do you get it? So I don't think we're being inconsistent at all. We're, I, so my answer would be, I don't cross-train. Do you see that? And the only way that makes sense is from this point of view. All right. To the listener that asked the question, should you cross-train, I'm going to say yes, even though I just said all that other stuff. Okay, so yes, you should cross-train, but you should do it in the way that we just said. Okay? Yes, I'm going to say it again, you should cross-train because that arbitrarily decided upon curriculum is way too small to actually do the art as we defined it. So let's just take the transcendence or takamusi aiki or the spontaneous application of the art. Okay, We're going to take the third defining element of the art. What people do when they are arbitrarily reifying that curriculum is they try to do ikkyo or kotagaesh or shihonage uh, for a situation where that is not where the technique goes. Uh, so, for example, you can do a YouTube search and you're going to see uh, kotagaesh against a boxer. And you're like, <laughs> you, 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 the only way you could even entertain that question is that you have fetishized the techniques because you're reifying an arbitrarily decided upon uh, curriculum and you are ignorant of facing a skilled boxer, which you wouldn't because all you're doing is your curriculum. Do you see that? So nobody in your dojo knows how to box. Do you get it? So you they'll do some stupid thing that kind of looks like a boxer. It's, kinda, it's a kind of cosplay, do you see? Um, 
and then it looks like Kotagesh exists. Uh, but the problem I have here is not only the wake up, the rude awakening that you have coming, but for me, the problem with that is that you are uh, making a fetish out of the curriculum where your ultimate aim was to transcend curriculum. Do you see that? So, uh, yes, there's a martial dubiousness with this, but more importantly, there's a full-on spiritual degeneration with this, okay? In other words, the devil's got you, so to speak, okay? You think you're doing the right thing, but you're actually doing the antithesis of the art, okay? So, in regards to the second thing, yes, cross-train because you want to transcend the art and you don't want to make the mistake of trying to do techniques in all situations. Um, toward that end, cross-training, in air quotes here, allows people to increase the arsenal that would allow people to understand the techniques more fully on the one hand, what goes where and why, uh, not this goes everywhere and it doesn't matter why. Do you see that? Uh, but in order to take the art into truly spontaneous environments, you have to be skilled in those truly spontaneous environments. Your, your training pool, your, 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 uh, let's say we're going to do uh, a kokunage uh, against somebody um, that is using ego dual tactics. So they're going to use fakes and feints. Uh, they're going to use bridging techniques to close the gap, and they're going to do preoccupying strikes uh, to eventually do a takedown and do some ground and pound. Do you see that? If your training environment does not include people who can do that at the level of specialists in that, you know, like like you you like for example, we'll take Ronin. You could stick you could stick Ronin in any school that does that, and they'll go like, "Oh, you've been doing this for forever," and he's gonna go, "No, I do Aikido." They're gonna go, "What?" They're gonna, go, "What the? No, you fucking don't, because that's not Aikido." Do you see? So you you have to have your personnel, so to speak, skilled in the thing. Uh, that would show that you have transcended the art, okay? And so that is one thing that we do here, okay? Uh, it's no different than inside Aikido, inside Aikido where people arbitrarily accept the curriculum. You have uh, Yokoman or Shomanuchi or Ski, for example, um, but no one really can demonstrate that uh, they can bust boards with these strikes or knock people out with these strikes, do you see? They're really weak strikes. Um, they're not fast, they're not tight, uh, they have the wrong my, um, and so you can do pretty much any technique, any, any technique from that arbitrarily decided upon curriculum. It kind of works, do you see that? But in order to, to understand those techniques that are assigned responses to those strikes, to understand those techniques Fully, you have to have someone that can do those strikes at the same level that a striking art would do. And you can't get that when you just do the curriculum. 
Do you see that? You're going to have to get some makiwara out. You're going to have to knock people out. You're going to have to break some boards. You're going to have to do the things that those striking arts have already learned. This is how we show that this strike is doing what we know it is capable of doing, what it is designed to do. So you can't just learn ikkyo, do you see? You have to learn how to put your fist through someone's face or put your fist through someone's chest. And you have to learn how to knock people out with yokomen. Do you see? And those strikes look remarkably different from how most Aikido strikes are being thrown because people are not understanding the importance of you 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 your uke or your attacker is like the soil for your art, the techniques. And uh, you got some pretty Terrible soil when people can't actually do strikes. The techniques do not actually appear correct or function correctly. Uh, so you, you want to plant and grow a good ikkyo, for example, or a good kaitenage against a strike. You need some people that really know how to strike with the best of strikers out there. I saw a video the other day. It was just so, so insane to me. Um, but the guy is uh, doing shomenuchi. Uh, he's going to do kaiten nage on shomenuchi, and he's totally meeting the strike on the way down, which is a yang yang clash. And uh, and then once he makes contact, he parries. He he moves the strike to the side, uh, and you know the verbiage that he's saying is uh, don't get don't get preoccupied with this strike. Uh, just move it to the side. And again, if you're like, you didn't really do a strike. That You just put your arm up, and that guy just touched your arm. And I would agree. If you put your arm out and someone touches your arm with their arm, that'll work, but it's not a strike. You, put, you try to catch my shomenuchi on the way down, and I'm going right through your shomenuchi, and I am busting your freaking nose. Do you see that? And um, if, if you look at the, the subsequent technique, it's terrible from the point of view of shomenuchi. From the point of view of just touching wrist, it works. But the understanding and the stated understanding is that it works against a downward strike. Do you see that? And only possible because no one in my dojo actually knows how to deliver a downward blow. So in that sense, because Aikido has become so specialized, because so many people have reified that curriculum, a kind of growing ignorance has happened, and as a result, our soil is not capable of producing the kind of fruit that we want it to. We don't have the attackers that are necessary to make the technique what it is supposed to be, and as such, we are allowing the possibility for just junk to appear viable, okay? Well, you're going to have to go out now because in most Aikido, you don't, you will not learn how to strike there. You will not learn measuring techniques. You will not learn fakes and feints. You will not learn um, um, bridging techniques. You will not learn how to hide your double leg or your single leg. You just don't learn any of that. And so you cannot become skilled at addressing those things with your art. 
And there's only one way to get it now. You're going to have to go and shop around. You're going to have to uh, go to other dojo and learn how to strike and learn how to measure and learn how to fake and faint um, and bring that back into your Aikido training. How? With the way that we do it here. There is a way of understanding every single other arts tactics in a way that is consistent with your Aikido, if you define and understand your Aikido through those three things that I mentioned, okay, then, then you can do it. And all this for you guys is being done. You just walked in the door, and you don't know any different, right? And uh, some of you just have no desire or interest in learning what is happening to the art that you practice outside of the dojo, especially like I think this group here, they're not like, let me let me search YouTube for Aikido. You like you don't do it, do you see? Uh, and in your in your non-interest in it, this is you're like, what is he talking about? I only I only know this, do you see? I I do all this stuff and. Uh, your first uh, rude awakening will be when someone tells you, you, don't, you guys don't do Aikido. You know, you're like, what? It's like someone's going to, when you're a little kid and someone badmouths your mom. Do you know <laughs> what I mean? It kind of gets you upset. And you, you realize like just your opinion is so asinine because you are an ass. Uh, you'll you'll see that right it doesn't make sense but what I would want you to do is focus in on what I always tell you there's no two arts so it's not boxing time because it's just my it's just yin yang reconciliation it's just ground vectoring it's just non-contestation do you see that? And so we have people in here that have boxed, right? And they're like the worst at what we're trying to do, right? Because they're, they're trying to box. They're not trying to, to use those tactics in this way. And so they have two arts, do you see? Or there's people that have come here and they've done uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu and they come here and they're still doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu, uh, which we don't do. It, the arsenal is from there, of course, but uh, it's done in a particular way. Like what way, for example? Well, uh, we don't try to outpower our people, which is classic BJJ, of course. But over the years, it's becoming less and less so. Uh, and also we have strikes in there, and less and less so. And also we have weapons in there. That was never in there, do you see? Uh, so it's different, okay? And so, for example, uh, as you've seen here, um, we introduce the Newaza techniques without these complicating elements. So there's no weapons, and there's no strikes initially, right? And you'll see people that have done BJJ uh, really, okay, I know this technique, um, but they're not, you can see in their body consciousness, they're not aware of the striking lines. And so they do them in a way that the, the arbitrarily decided upon curriculum that includes no striking 
um, is being taken advantage of such that when we go to include strikes, they're like, holy shit, I'm in the wrong place. Yeah, you, you've been in the wrong place for years right now. Can you just do it like we're saying because we're going to put strikes in there? Or, hey, you can't lose. A, yeah, yeah, definitely isolate an arm, but uh, do not lose track of the other arm because there's weapons here and knives are getting passed around you and all that kind of stuff, do you see? Um, they have to learn it our way okay even though yeah the correct it looks the same but it doesn't really look the same okay so that would be my answer here twofold uh we don't cross train um but you're going to have to cross train but cross train in a way uh, that you're not cross training so you're going to have to cross train listeners to bring back the arsenal that has been taken out of the art but you're going to have to cross-train in a way that you're not cross-training. You don't want two arts. You want one art. Okay? You want to do all those tactics in the same way that you're doing your kihon waza. Now, that's going to be hard because the only kihon waza you know is this neutered kihon waza. Do you see? And so what happens is, is you're going to go back and forth. You're going you're gonna to learn, for example, a jab-cross combination uh, and you're going to learn uh, a kokunage, and it, it'll go back and forth in terms of where's power coming from, right? Okay, this feels like um, hip rotation, and okay, wait, no, not hip rotation. This feels like ground vector, or you know, and so it feels like hip rotation in the jab cross. Wait, in the kokunage, it feels like ground vectoring. Oh, I could probably put ground vectoring in my jab cross. Woo, eureka, got it, right? And then you go back to your kokunage, and you can go like, hey, let me move into the free space that I experienced in the jab cross and do my kokunage with my ground vector from the free space. Oh, now you finally understand kokunage. You see that? And when you understand the kokunage, now you understand the jab cross. You're like, I'm in the free space, man. You, I'm not where you are. I'm not resisting you at all. I'm in the yin space. And from the yin space, I'm using the, 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 the resistance of the gravity that is just your mass on the, on the planet uh, to ground vector and now start punching above my weight class. Do you see? That's what you want to do. All right. Um, Thank you, listener, and thank you for donating to our cause. Again, it doesn't take much. If you can give a dollar or five dollars a month, that is greatly appreciated. Links are in the podcast episode notes. Thank you so much, and enjoy your training. This concludes this episode of Budo, the Way of the Warrior podcast. For more information, please visit sentiencenter.com. S-E-N-S-H-I-N-C-E-N-T-E-R dot com or find us at Facebook at Sension Center and on our YouTube channel at Sension One. Thank you for listening.